Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Jerusalem-based singer and spiritual leader, Alone Michael. He opened up at length about his duo project with acclaimed jazz pianist Kenny Werner, creating a unique fusion of Hasidic music, jazz harmonies, and leader-type performance for voice and piano based on a combination of the psalms and the melodies of Rabbi Taub. Fire and Praise offers a very unique musical concept, and it's Rabbi Taub's compositions that have been adapted by Mr. Michael to accompany the liturgy and praise recited in major Jewish festivals. He's got a great story, great background. Enjoy this interview. One yeah. of my spiritual moments when I'm radiating. <laughs> I love it. Where are you located? I'm located in Jerusalem right now. Oh, wow. I, lived, I, live, about, I live about 20 minutes outside Jerusalem. Wow. It's it's always so cool to hear that whenever I'm on a call, you know, there's just such a bespeckled notion of the history of Jerusalem. It's so cool to to see. Well, it. Have you done have, have you done artists from Jerusalem in other shows? Yeah. On uh, my neon jazz radio show, I have a well, yeah, that I, I would get confused because I have another show that's called Famous Interviews. But a lot of musicians are there. And I do talk to other people that are living there that are just, you know, in academia or something like that. So it, it's it's cool for sure. Um, Lovely. All right. It's great to meet you. I'm so excited to talk about this album with Kenny. But before we get into that, I want to know, how did you survive COVID? How did you get through this last three years and how has it changed you? That, luckily, we don't live in a city. We live on the on the edge of the forest. And COVID for me was not a big deal because it, it, it wasn't a huge change in life. In fact, it was a relief because all these things went online. I had just continued working. I had, because there was no travel, I finished two major books. Uh, one of them was just submitted to the press with all its revisions. And, you know, I'm a theologian and I finished a, a 25 year project of theological introduction to Judaism. Uh, thanks to COVID, I finished, I don't remember what the other book, oh no, another book on, Chief Rabbi Sachs and another theologian on Jewish Jewish views of other religions. I always say I had a wonderful pandemic. There's so, a lot of people that and, did. Yeah. There's, and there's the funny a- thing that the that the where did I get COVID? I got COVID right after recorded the album. We were in upstate New York, and yeah. we recorded. We finished on a Friday. I went away. It was Christmas. I went to some monastery just to uh, uh, for Christmas. I couldn't get out of the room. I didn't feel well. Sunday, I, I felt better. I'd, I had done the the testing to get on the flight on Sunday. On the way, I discover you got COVID. You can't board the flight. What do you do when you're in a car? On the way to the airport, you discover you got COVID. And this was the beautiful thing for me. And one of the beautiful lessons of COVID, because I had just met on Friday someone from the Hasidic Jewish community uh, who they had, they, there was some thought of maybe my staying with them, but then it finally did not materialize. And I went there to introduce myself and to say hello. And then I turned back to him and he runs this, uh, camp where, where youth come for, and so he put me up. His wife cooked for me. They provided for me. And COVID, when I finally got the illness, it was a lesson in support and friendship. So it's like, it couldn't have been more beautiful to, to, to make the COVID itself a spiritual lesson. Yeah. That's wonderful. So Kenny Werner, Fire and Praise, wonderful album. Talk to me about your role on this project. Uh, I conceived it and I sung it. Okay. So, uh, I, as, as, as Kenny said at the end, you know, congratulations on the vision. It, the vision, I, I don't say the vision was mine. I say I received the vision. The, the music of Rabbi Shmuel Eliyahu Taub has moved me for the past 20 years. Very melodic, harmonious. You've heard the music. You know how beautiful it is. And because I have this 
classical jazz sensibility. I, I like to do things minimalist, voice and piano. And so I was looking, I had recorded 25 years ago two CDs that are also available on Spotify. But I, I've, I've, I was struggling for a long time. What's my next step? And then some friend introduced me to Kenny Ward and his music. And then I had the occasion to meet, to connect with him personally. And we connected through, you know, the world is small. And I said, okay, so let's do this with him. And then I just started working through the music and the inspiration came to do it to the, to this ritual of Hallel. Hallel is a Jewish ritual of praise, uh, consists of a series of Psalms from 113 to 118. And just magically, the words fit the music, fit the atmosphere. It came together. Kenny said, you know, the challenge is how to give this diversity because these songs were all of a, a similar mold for the particular reasons of their formation that I don't, I, I won't, I won't go into now. And, you know, he said the challenge with this music is how to give it diversity. And he just did a genius job in creating this diversity. Each song, different approach, different attitude. So it's similar, but never boring. It's a liturgical flow and yet it's dynamic. It's changing. Hey, I sh I'm going to start praising this project. Let me stop. You should be praising it, not me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what are you hoping the listener gets from this album? Spiritual inspiration, opening of the heart, invitation to prayer. You know, I, 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 I want this music not to be entertainment background. I want it to take him deep. Yeah. I want the listener to go deep, deep within himself, deep within the text, it's set to the words of the Psalms. I'm now about to release a series of, uh, two cycles on 12 tracks. There'll be 24 YouTube set, YouTube sessions with each one opening with a two minute teaching. I mean, I'm a, I'm not a professional singer. I'm a reasonably decent singer, but not a professional singer. Kenny's a professional. He says I'm a musician. All right. God bless him. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, uh, so, uh, you know, the, the, I bring the concept. I bring the vision. I bring the teaching and I bring, and I bring the feeling. And I think you tell me if, if the singing is on a, is up to a level or not. You know, I always feel, well, I'm with my voice teacher that sing, my singing is just not good enough. That's the thing oh. I carry, but. Oh, I think the combo of you two is stellar. I think it's wonderful. And, and I'm curious what it was like to work with Kenny. I mean, you probably had we'll one. Get we'll get to that in a second. So, so, yeah. so, so back to, so, so for me, it was to create a space of music, to create a space of music that invites people inward. So I, I was talking about the YouTube thing. So the YouTube thing is about teachings. So I said, I said I was a teacher and then opened a parenthesis, got distracted. Sorry. Uh, so teaching on the psalm, then the saw the music, but running against the background where you read the words of the psalm in Hebrew and English, so you can actually go deep into the words as the song unfolds, and then uh, and then again a concluding teaching from the teaching of the master Shmuel Yautab, who composed the music. So we get both the teaching on the psalms and a teaching of the of the Hasidic master. So it's like a, a, a holistic teaching music overall experience to draw the listener into something that should be. A spiritual moment. So there's going to be this series of about 10 minutes each. But, you know, I've, I created the first model. I shared it with uh, my social media manager, who's, who's pretty experienced. He said, this is really powerful. So in a sense, I'm looking forward even more to the release of this YouTube series than to the music itself. Uh, what were you saying about, about what was the next question you want to ask? Just what was it like to with work Kenny. with Kenny? Working with Kenny and the team that you were with. What was that like? You know, Kenny's a genius. There's no other way to describe it. Kenny's a genius. And you work with a genius. Uh, uh, you wait for the inspiration. Sometimes there's, uh, uh, geniuses come with their personalities. Sometimes there's, uh, 
uh, challenges. Sometimes the we it was uh, it, it, uh my other recording I did with someone who 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 doesn't have all the brilliance and some of the some some of the stuff that comes along with it. Uh, you know, we are complex human beings and we carry with us stories and my story met his story and it created its own sparks and those sparks translated into the fire. So if I had to sum it up in one word, dynamic. Working with Kenny was dynamic and the outcome was beautiful. So how did this journey into both music and faith happen for you? Are you originally from Jerusalem? I am originally from Jerusalem and music is just part of my own spiritual life. I, uh, uh, I'm very drawn to the Hasidic tradition. Hasidic tradition music is very important for it, and I'm connected to many Hasidic groups, which means that I'm familiar with many Hasidic traditions. I don't know how many Hasidic nigunim songs I know, but it's well over a thousand. Uh, I'm sure of that, and 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 I I use them in my ritual, and most of the ritual is is at the Shabbat table. We sing a lot, my wife and I. My wife and I also sing the Hallel, the, the the ritual that we have here. So I'm constantly putting words to music and music to words. I'm constantly at that at that bridge, and it's always for purposes of prayer. So doing this was just what I do in my home, but just doing it for the sake of others. And uh, even at the Shabbat table, I prefer not to talk. I just prefer to sing. Slow, short teaching, like my Shabbat table is unusual because it, it could be long, but most of it is devotional singing at the end of short teaching, almost no conversation. Most people come together for conversation for the social dimension. I'm an odd bird in that respect. So singing is a spiritual vehicle for me. And I hope to have in some way conveyed that spiritual drive in the music. So who have been some of your favorite jazz musicians? Ah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I sort of, if you drew a circle that's ECM and a second circle that's ACT, and you had the overlapping part, I live in that overlapping part. Okay. Uh, okay. So, uh, obviously Keith Jarrett in his more lyrical moments, uh, 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 who, who are my, who are my favorites? I love, uh, I can listen forever to this, uh, um, Renee Fons, Renault Fons Garcia. Okay. You don't know him? Yeah. 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 Oh, he's, 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 he's just remarkable. You know, people with a, with that classical, uh, 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 sensitive quality. Uh, who do I listen to uh, regularly? Oh, I, I did. I, I actually thought I might be asked that and didn't prepare. Didn't prepare a good answer. Uh, 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 this Polish, uh, this Polish uh, pianist who plays with uh, with the Norwegian bassist uh, Lejek uh, Modjer. How you pronounce his name? Do you know who I mean? I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Leslie Roger and he plays plays with Danielson. What's his first name? Uh I know I know the duo you're talking about. I I I I know. Yeah. Um Yeah, no. And I see I see the vibe that you're going down. What was the first live jazz show that you really saw that really kind of opened you up to the craft? I heard uh, Keith Jarrett in concert back in 19 19- 80 i guess or 81 um as a kid i used to go to fillmore east i'm probably older than you yeah uh i think by the time you got on the show fillmore east was closed so i in those years i was like an early teenager i was listening to oh i remember crosby stills and nash concert who who didn't i hear there but i wasn't doing jazz yet i started doing jazz in 1977 
Uh, so by 77, no, by 77, I already went to a concert of Keith Jarrett. So probably at the same time, Ravi Shankar. I mean, world music is also very strong for me. So yeah. those are, you know, you know how I defined a powerful uh, concert when at that concert there's like a breakthrough where I get a taste of what music is about. I don't enjoy the music. It's like understanding the heights that music can bring you to. And I remember getting there both in a concert with Ravi Shankar and in a concert with, uh, um, um, with Keith Jarrett. Um, I probably could do, I could probably be more coherent, uh, because, uh, uh, if you allow me to tune into my Spotify, I can just look at my list of all my, right. all, all my, and, 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 and figure out who, who, who are the people that I, that I go, that I go back to when I want to, when I want to listen to something. You want, you want me to give it a quick look? Sure. Absolutely. Now, hold on. Cause I mean, I, uh, well, you tell me, you, you hear my music. And like you said, down the groove. So who, who are the people, who are the people that you hear me, uh, echoing? You know, there's a lot of what you're talking about. That duo, I wish I could remember their names. There's, th- there's this level of like intimate interchange. And that's who you're talking about. Lars, Lars Danielson. That's the guy I was talking about. Lars yeah. Danielson. Tigran yeah. Hamasian. Uh, Tingval Trio. Uh, yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of those people. Let me, let me give you some of, some of the other names. Dafra Yusuf, I love. Look how many pieces I have saved by him. Abishai Cohen, not the trumpeter, the pianist. Yes. Matthias Eich, yes, the trumpeter. I love Matthias Eich. He's got yeah. such a soft sound. You know him, obviously. Yeah. Toward Gustafsson, I've got. Uh, Jan Garbrick, many beautiful moments with him, as well as Paulo Frezu. You see, suddenly I'm becoming more more, more literate, aren't I? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh yeah, you know, I keep this Lars Daniels, he keeps coming up time and again, Jan Garbeck. Same some of these names keep coming. Uh oh, Adam Baldich. How can yeah. I how can I not how can I not mention Adam Baldich? Yeah. Uh nice moments with Pat Metheny. I also spend uh uh so many so many so many trios. Um let's see, I'm trying to see who else who ends really Oh my god, I've saved so much from Ibrahim Maldouf here. Yeah. Uh Bill Evans, of course, listening yes. to the classic. Um, so you tell me, you know, when, when you listen to you, because I feel that the sound that Kenny and I created really represents a voice within myself. So you tell me, what does it echo? You, why don't, why don't I turn the question around and ask you, what, 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 what do you hear from, from, from this choice? What do you hear in terms of, uh, this, my sources and my resonances? I, it, it seems to me it's like an intimate, intuitive, very rich, almost in a subtle way, yet right there in front of you. There, there's a lot of that 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 resonates through, and it and it lends to the way you approach it. It lends to the history of Kenny. It's like it comes together in this. Uh, it's poignant. It's very poignant. It comes to you in um, not in a loud way like some of the genres do, not like a hard bop or whatever. But there's just a there's a subtle loudness to it. That's very resonant, and and I think that's why it's so powerful. And it kind of harkens to a lot of those cats that you were talking about. And I'm curious, what are you and Kenny going to do as far as promoting? Are you going to get together and do shows? How are you going to promote the album? I'm in Israel. Kenny's in the U.S. It would take an invitation 
You know, Kenny, it's not that Kenny and I are an act. I was looking for a pianist. I turned to him. He liked the project. The reason he liked the project is because he really resonated with the idea of taking something from the depth of Judaism, universalizing it. He, as you know, he himself is, is Jewish by birth. He is much more spiritual, affiliated to a Hindu tradition. But of course, he's developed his own path with spiritual music through effortless mastery. So the idea of doing something that's Jewish at its root, but opening it up was really his, his core vision. It's my core vision. So, so it was a very good fit. And I think the results are very beautiful. But at the end of the day, I hired him to do my album. So it would take an invitation for us to come together because we're not, we're not an act per se. And I'm not a performing artist. I'm a, I'm a performing teacher. I, you know, I write books. I, convene religious leaders, I make major meetings, uh, I create museums, I do all kinds of other things. This music is just one more gift that God has given me by means of which I, I hope to touch some people's hearts. And Kenny has been a beautiful instrument for realizing that gift. So we don't have plans. God may have plans. So if people listen to it and they're drawn, an invitation may come. I'm not pushing it myself. So where's the best place for people to pick up this album? Well, People don't buy CDs anymore. Everything is streamed, no? Well, or if they want to download it, is Bandcamp the best place? Is where? Bandcamp. I'm not even familiar with the platform. You know, okay. this was released by Orchard. Orchard has all of these platforms. Sony Orchard. Okay. Uh, so Sony Orchard distributes to all these platforms. If you want, I can send you later on a link and you can see what the places they do, uh, they do are. I'm not even familiar with all of them. I have what to learn from you. In other words, if someone does want to download it, you tell me because I need to tell people where to go. I just, I just say go to Spotify. Obviously, I'm giving people the wrong answer. No, no, so no. You you're tell giving me. them the right. No, no, no. You're good. That that would be the way to stream it. But sometimes when people buy it, it, it benefits the artist a little more. And usually Bandcamp's a part of it. But what I'm going to do is I will find the right link and put it in the show notes and make sure that everybody's linked correctly. I have, I do have, I do have the link that Sony Orchard put out and I'll send it to you. Okay. I'll, t- I'll tell you, I'll tell you the truth, Joe. Um, for me, this is not about money. I've put a lot of money into this because it's a vision to share from the heart with people. My reward is that people are enriched by it. I don't anticipate making money. So you say someone is download, I get more money. It's not meaningful. I, d- I mean, the, the, the money invested in this will never come back. Yeah. And the money I would have to invest further in PR. And I, and I got to you through a, the good offices of, uh, of, of, uh, Ron, my PR person, uh, Ron and, uh, um, Ron and Benji. I'm not sure who, who was in touch with you, but that wonderful duo, I got in touch with you through them. And, you know, I'm doing this, this, uh, this, it's costly producing these YouTube things, but it's, I do it really for the glory of God and for reaching people's hearts. Uh, will money come from it? I doubt it. Yeah. Well, that's that you're doing it for the right reasons. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much for opening up, giving me some of your time today. I look forward to playing it on Neon Jazz. Thank you so much. Thank you. Take care. I know. Now we can talk. We can talk off the record. Yeah. Yeah. We certainly can. <laughs> so tell me some more about how you now, because I didn't want to put you on the spot on the show to ask your input. But I mean, you are I'm actually the, you are my first interview. OK, quite possibly my own. Interview. I'm, I'm quite surprised because my PR agent you know, said that initially there was a huge interest and the editor of Downbeat download, played it 10 times, but nobody followed up and nobody responded. And he says, you know, there's been a drop in interest. I can't understand why. So I'm really curious for you as someone who who's in the field and who lives and breathes it. 
how you heard the music, I mean, you've said very complimentary things about the power and one thing and another, but you know, like, how do you, how do you hear it? How do you evaluate? How do you evaluate the potential? Maybe I have what to learn from you about how to think about taking this forward. What, this is the way I roll with my show. I really find it unique, the pairing of you and Kenny together. I find your spiritual connection and his jazz prowess together to be just a no brainer. And I think that, 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 you represent a lot of who I interview, what a lot of people out there won't interview. I've been told many times. I remember uh, Vince Garaldi of the Nighthawks. He's out in Brooklyn, owns one of the largest collections of sheet music in the world. He's prolific. He's had a documentary on him. He's wonderful. And he told me off the record at one point, I can't get anybody to approach me to interview me. Why anybody would not interview him is mind-blowing to me. I don't know why... There's people that just are not on the radar for major publications like Downbeat. But for me, for what I'm doing with Neon Jazz, which has a pretty good reach, this to me was like, absolutely. And I get approached, Ron approached me. I get approached by a lot of agents with projects where a lot of other people may not. And they're like, what do you think? And I'm like, yeah, are you kidding? It's like, not only should you get exposed, it only increases not only my vernacular as a reach for audio music and for everything that I'm doing for jazz, but it's very enriching to be able to talk to people like you that aren't traditionally seen, obviously, as jazz musicians. You have a very unique take on jazz, but you have a very unique take because of who you are and the story that you have, and it intersects. And what's more glorious than that in the whole algorithm of jazz? It really is this music of story and it's a rich tapestry of all of these lines interconnecting and what you did with kenny makes total sense to me so i for honestly i don't know why and i think your approach is spot on um and and i just love it when people are in very interesting locales in the world like jerusalem and how faith-based you are yet you just do this because your soul told you to do it that's what you're interested in and to me what's your own religious connection I would say I really hit a point in my life where I was in the Christian faith and then I branched out and started exploring Judaism and Hinduism and different faiths. I find myself as a logically driven spiritual individual, but I'm very enamored and interested in minds like yours that are so, because I don't know a lot about the Jewish faith. But I do know that it brings me a lot of comfort from when I hear rabbis speak and I hear people in the Judaism world speak. But it also comforts me, too, to talk to someone from India that really feels strongly impelled by their Hindu faith and, you know, abstracts that come from Buddhism. And I mean, and all of the faiths have this sensual theme that goes through it. Um I just think it's really good for us to have spirituality, for us to believe in something bigger than ourselves and to understand that we live in something really, really beautiful and very unique. And it wasn't done by accident. In other words, your music is part of your own. Your music is spirituality. And you, you reach out to people for whom you feel a similar connection. That's what I hear you saying. Yeah, absolutely. And you intuitively, and you, and you intuitively felt that this album does it for you in that way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think there's so so many layers to it, so many layers of you and so many layers of Kenny. It just seems like something that's too rich and colorful. So how, how, how you, uh, I, I didn't see that we were record. I didn't see that you were recording this, right? So in other words, you're going to go just on the impressions of this call? Oh no, I'm recording. Yeah. 
Yeah. Did I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't, I didn't get a message. Okay. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you're still recording. In other words, so, so you can use, so all these sweet things that you're saying now, you have the ability to say them on the show. Yeah, absolutely. And the show is what your show is hot is half an hour long. My, so what I do is my show is an hour long. I do it. I do a show every week. And then what I do is I take clips from everybody that I interview, but I also put all of the interviews out long form on YouTube, Spotify, Apple podcasts, all of that. So it's kind of a multi-layered thing, but I'm one of the few shows that actually puts the voice of the musician and the voice of anybody that's involved with the jazz project in it. When I started this back in 2011, I said, I'm not going to read from history books. I'm not taking quotes from people. The jazz was created by the musician. It's in their voice, and they are going to be the one that's going to tell this very unique story. So what what is the reach of the show? Um, You know what? It's global. I mean, I, I'm, I'm talking to people from all over the world, and, and, and I get more musicians that are part of this audience that listen to this more than anybody else. I get stopped all the time by musicians that are like, I listen to the show all the time. I love it. They literally chart and and talk about each show, and it kind of blows me away. I feel like I'm in a vacuum. I mean, this is definitely a labor of love, but a lot of musicians all over the world listen to it and reach out still consistently. You know, after the first interview, reach out, and it's kind of like lots of musicians come back, and, you know, people, it's out there. It's on the radar. I'm one of the top you know, 20 blogs out there for jazz in the world. You're this? Oh, beautiful. You know, you know, there's, you know, there are two more releases scheduled. So, so we can, we, we can, we can have a, a a second and a third get together. Absolutely. And, you know, I do another show called Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. So if you ever want to talk about your books and what you're doing, anything related to your world, obviously it'll be intertwined with levels of music. But if you ever want to do that as kind of a separate thing, I would love to. I'm game. Send me the invitation. I'll come, you know, have mouth, we'll talk kind of thing. Okay, sounds great. It was wonderful to meet you. I'm happy to hang out with you. I enjoyed hanging out with you. Yeah, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest minds and players in Jerusalem, New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.